and welcome back to our Sunday sessions of Outside In. I'm your host, Becky Downing, and we've got some serious treats in store for you today, guys. We have the wonderful Luke Dyer, who has composed an original piece for us. We've also got an exclusive interview with thriller writer Elle Croft, who'll be talking to us all about her newest crime anthology. And finally, we've got our very own Amelia Gliden, back with some top tricks and tips to keep positive during the COVID-19 crisis. Today I am joined by the wonderful Elle Croft. Thank you so much for joining us today, Elle. Thanks for having me. Uh, Would you be able to tell us a little bit about yourself for our listeners and the kind of work that you're doing at the moment? Sure. So I'm an author. I write psychological thrillers and I'm also a blogger, a social media consultant, a podcaster. I kind of dabble in a lot of things and I'm Australian, as you might be able to tell from the accent, although it's a little bit confused after (laughs) 10 years in the UK. And yeah, I was born in South Africa, but grew up in Australia and I've lived in Canada and now I live here. And yeah. That's wow. kind of me in a nutshell, really. Oh, brilliant. So what exactly was it that made you become interested in writing and obviously like psychological thrillers as well as is quite a specific genre? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had always wanted to write a book in that sort of vague, non-specific mm. way that a lot of people do. Um, I grew up reading loads. I wasn't ever sporty. Um, and at school in Australia, everyone is sporty. So I was kind of a bit of an outcast and would spend <laughs> lunch breaks in the library and was obsessed with books and reading. And then I guess like creativity wasn't ever really, I guess, championed as like a career option yeah. when I was growing up. So I never even really considered doing anything creative. And I just kind of fell into office work and nothing that I actually cared about. I basically Mm. hated every job I did and eventually started travel blogging through a series of random events and having like the world's most mind-numbing job Um, (laughs) and I needed something to keep me entertained. So I started travel blogging 10 years ago now and it just sort of like sparked this I don't know, just a love for writing again. I'd always loved it at school and I'd just let it go. But the travel blogging sort of just, yeah, was a little kind of, I don't know, a taster of what I'd been missing for all that time. Um, And so I started taking that a bit more seriously. Then I got into social media as my day job worked out that I actually didn't like that so much either which was a bit of a disappointment but I went freelance and then I suddenly had all this extra freedom on my hands and time and Mm. I thought well I've always wanted to write a book and I've been writing this blog for years now and I have a bunch of words under my belt and I'm improving Mm. my writing and if not now I'll probably never do it. So it was more of just a timing thing that made me really consider it seriously. And as for the psychological thriller part, that was pure accident. Like, <laughs> I honestly I suppose they usually are. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like, I had this character idea and had no idea about storyline. Like, I didn't know how to write a novel. I didn't have a clue what the heck I was doing and sort of wrote a bunch of nonsense. I did NaNoWriMo, which is the National Novel Writing Month, which is every November. And it was brilliant because it was the first time I'd sort of sat down and taken my writing seriously. Yeah. And so I wrote the 50,000 words and they were 
utter nonsense. Like I've, I've <laughs> deleted them since. I didn't use a word of it. Um, but I had this character and I didn't quite know what to do with her. And then one day I was sitting on my terrace having a cup of coffee and I just thought, oh, that character has to die. And then that's how this moves on. <laughs> and suddenly it was this like murder story. Yeah. <laughs> So it was really accidental and I'd started reading a bit of the psychological thriller genre around that time. So Gone Girl and Girl on the Train were sort of around that time. Mm. So it must have been in my mind and it must have been, like I love those books anyway. So I I suppose it must have sort of been on the tip of my tongue anyway, but it was never intentional and here I am. (laughs) I love that. I love that. I I just sort of accidentally became a psychological thriller writer. That's... (laughs) As you do. Well, once you've written one type of book, then it's like, you know, my publisher just expects me to keep writing that. And I really enjoy it. Yeah. So that's fine. But I've not really considered writing anything else yet. Maybe yeah. one day. But. I mean, it's a fantastic genre, to be fair. there's so, I, I used to work for Waterstones and there was so much demand for crime literature among yeah. the masses. Like, it is unreal. And I suppose you see it on the television and everything as well, don't you? There's so many series that are like yeah. detective or psychological thrillers sort of thing and I mean yeah. I, you said about Gone Girl as well oh my goodness I remember being obsessed with that when that came out <laughs> <So good. laughs> yeah and then the film as well there's so Brilliant. much richness and I suppose that interest in the psyche as well is like you can really delve into it and you know what you're saying about characters I mean do you mm. find as a writer that's kind of how you find a starting point I did for my first novel and then mm. since then I've sort of started with like a concept so like what if this happened and then I have to build kind of a character and a story around that but the book that's just uh, so it's out in ebook at the moment it's called like mother like daughter and it's released in paperback later this year and the concept that I thought of was what if you were adopted but your parents were serial killers would you is it nature or nurture like (laughs) yeah which would it it be is it in your blood or is it a choice yeah so that was the sort of concept that I came up with and then I had to build characters around that so yeah character isn't always my starting point but Mm. it's absolutely like the key to any story like if I don't develop the characters that's when my agent and editor are like okay we have some work to do (laughs) oh well a hundred percent because you know people want to see I mean it's scary to say about psychological thrillers but people want to see themselves in characters and they want to kind of investigate and I suppose they're a really good genre to do it with because you're pitting these characters at such extremes it's kind of like a a safe space to you know feel that adrenaline rush I suppose (laughs) Um, without you know going out and doing something you might regret later Uh, So obviously, I understand you've got a couple of creative projects on the go at the moment. Could you tell us a little bit more about what they are? Is this kind of like a follow on from the writing that you've been doing? Or is it something in a little bit of a different direction? Um, I've got kind of two things on the go at the moment and one of them is just like a little personal passion project that's been born out of the whole lockdown kind of scenario that we've found ourselves in and that's there's a photographer that I follow on Instagram her name's Jamie Beck I followed her for years and years she used to have a blog when she lived in New York and now she lives in Provence and she does all this incredible photography and so she's in lockdown as well with her husband and young daughter and she decided to do isolation 
creation, which was like doing something creative every day. And she called out to other creative people around the world or whoever follows her and said, why don't you join me and let's all do this isolation creation and just create something every day. So from that, I've been doing like a little poem every day on Instagram, which is very outside my comfort zone. (laughs) But it's just a nice way to like keep my creativity going when it's otherwise quite hard to concentrate. And it's nice to sort of document how I'm feeling about everything that's happening. So it's, you know, my poems are kind of about lockdown and how that feels. So that's just for myself. Uh, more than anything and then my other project which is a bit more related to my day job is I have participated in an anthology of crime writing with 13 other crime writers and that comes out on the 28th of April but we're just self-publishing it and we're doing it to raise money for Samaritans so instead of us making any money off royalties all of that money will go directly to Samaritans. That's I mean that's wonderful that that's the charity that you've chosen as well because it is you know everyone everyone's feeling really vulnerable at the moment because yeah, of the lockdown situation. Yeah, and I think situation. there's a lot of people who are probably feeling really lonely at the moment mm. and don't have people to talk to, and that's just the most awful thing to think about people just alone and literally just isolated from yeah. the world. So it's nice to know that there are people out there who will listen, and Samaritans is just such an amazing charity. And yeah. I think, yeah, all of us authors, when we were sitting down and saying, okay, we want to do this, we want to pick a charity, everyone said, how about Samaritans? They're amazing. Oh, I love that. So has it been um, harmonious in the the writing side of things? 13 other writers is is huge, is a huge challenge. <laughs> and is, you know, yeah. I'm sure different to how you've been working before when you've been writing and stuff. How have you kind of found that? It's actually been such a fun and amazing process. I think because we're all writing our own short story, so it's everyone's writing their individual story mm. and then we're just collating them and it's a collection. So it's not like we're trying to write a story together. I don't know that that would work. But um, <laughs> it's been really cool just because everyone's come at it from a different point of view. So we, we used a quote about being afraid of the light as our starting point and everyone loosely based their story on that but it's just been incredible to see the difference in stories that have come out of this one quote that inspired it all and and everyone's been so much fun to work with everyone's bringing different skills so there's people in the group who have experience with self-publishing and we're self-publishing this so they've like guided us through putting it on Amazon and working out all of that stuff and then we've got people who are great at the PR side and doing like blog tours for it so everyone's just sort of brought their own skill set to it and it's just been so much fun. Oh it is so fascinating as well isn't it sometimes when you have all of those heads kind of coming together for one thing and especially like I mean we've had a sort of a similar thing obviously not with crime anthology but with the podcast Uh, we just put out a call out for can you respond to the theme of outside in and we've just had the biggest range of submissions like you know we had somebody write a prison breakout comedy sketch kind of thing and like sort of just about you know really wanting to get outdoors and then another guy who composed a song about creativity from within and the challenges that we're facing at the moment and yeah it's, it's really exciting isn't it to see how different people respond to the same brief it's really powerful yeah yeah it's incredible it just goes to show that like creativity just knows no bounds oh yeah even if you all have the same kind of concept 
you would all come up with a different way of expressing that which is so cool and especially like creating an anthology as well it's going to be so rich and wonderful and exciting when it actually all comes out and you know everyone reads it all together kind of back to back yeah it's really fun I'm like I'm excited for people to read it and I also think it's really timely to have short stories at the moment because a lot of people Mm. I'm seeing on social media are saying like they just can't concentrate on a full-length book which I totally get because everything's just so distracting so to have some short stories that are just you know a few thousand words long and you can pick it up and put it down and I think it's just a nice way to like give people a little bit of storytelling and escape but without having to commit to something big yeah absolutely you know I, I find often people can be quite punishing about the way that others read and I I have this conversation with my little sister all the time she's amazing she's one of the cleverest people I know but she can't pick up a book and stick with it for the life of her like she (laughs) so she she the only um she used to love like Jacqueline Wilson and and things like that and um, she's like oh I can't read I can't read and I'm sort of like well maybe you just need to find the right thing for you you know to read like there's no point kind of picking up a massive (laughs) like Ulysses (laughs) and like being like oh yeah I'm gonna read a book and if you're not connecting with it and you know the whole point of reading isn't it is to is to really kind of like escape through a story and you know Mm. find something in there that's going to bring joy to you and if it's not joyful to you know read like a huge chunky novel at this time then you know you shouldn't you shouldn't do it you know each exactly. stuff in. and yeah. if you want to go back and like read harry potter or roll dull or whatever yeah. like it still counts yeah, exactly <laughs> oh my goodness i have the harry potter audio books on like oh, all of the time so <laughs> <laughs> i feel like I, i'm gonna go down a rabbit hole here if i start to talk about <laughs> harry potter <laughs> oh but it has... i could talk about harry potter all day oh i know my goodness that, maybe that's for another podcast we need a whole separate yeah. harry Potter podcast but obviously like you know it is a challenging time for writers as well I mean have you felt your industry shift and change during the crisis in it like yes a particular no way? like I think we're lucky to be in a time when digital books are so readily available so mm. you don't need to go into a bookshop to buy a book even though it's a shame that bookshops are shut and that's obviously devastating to the industry mm. as a whole but there are other options which is great so I think ebooks are doing really well and audiobooks as well but yeah of course with bookshops shut it's uh, mm. it's all a bit uncertain and challenging I think but most publishers seem to be pretty positive about everything and like I know publishers who are accepting submissions still and ticking along with business as usual so to some mm. extent I think it's a great industry to be in but then from an author perspective I think Mm. everyone I've spoken to is just saying it's so hard to write at the moment I don't know if it's just the distraction of it or just because it's always hard to escape into another world because the world that we're in is so all-consuming that it feels weird to go somewhere else for a bit yeah you kind of feel I mean I I don't know if you have this as well but I sort of feel a bit guilty as well about not being productive or helpful and for me like I I associate reading with so much joy and so much escapism and stuff and yeah. I think it says a lot like I I'm a book a week kind of girl and the whole of lockdown so far I've really struggled to get into a book or like read something and kind of you know just sort of enjoy it for me and, yeah. and I think it's I'm the same though the, the yeah. only books I'm getting through at the moment are audiobooks and that's just because I listen to them when yeah. I run and because yeah. I'm running so much because it's my escape from the flat like yeah, I'm yeah. actually getting through audiobooks quite quickly but reading like a physical book is mm. it's just not happening for me at the moment 
Oh, absolutely. And it is a... I spoke to um, Anthony about this a couple of weeks ago and, again, like, speaking to friends and stuff about it. And it people forget that it is a really stressful time, like, kind of just in the air generally anyway. Like, that's, <clears throat> that's you know, irrespective of... If, people are specifically suffering you know who are maybe more vulnerable or who you know are living in a bit in poverty and not able to kind of have access to the materials that I mean I I feel certainly very lucky to be able to have access to a computer and and to books and things like that but a lot of people don't and a lot of people don't have a park that they can kind of walk in and things like that so it is is a really stressful uncertain time you know people have lost their jobs like people are unable to see family and friends and yeah I think it's quite easy to sort of dismiss that because you're trying to you know fill your time with all of this stuff and trying to be productive and stuff like that and carry on as normal I suppose (laughs) you know and there's so much pressure also to like be extra productive in this time which I think is the weirdest thing I saw a tweet this morning that just made me shake my head and it was like if you're you don't come out of this with a new skill then (gasps) it it was it was like you were never um you didn't not have the time you just didn't have the discipline or something and I was like yeah (laughs) and it's like well hang on a minute you're clearly very privileged like that's great that's great for you great for you that you feel that way that you feel strong and that you feel motivated and that you have the tools around you to learn a new skill and you have the space but you know what an assumption to make my goodness yeah what an incredible amount of pressure to put on people whether it's just it's unnecessary like yeah there's already so much pressure on everybody all the time anyway you know to kind of exist in this literal absolute pandemonium (laughs) (laughs) oh it's just yeah. madness, yeah. I've I've kind of had to take a bit of a social media break, to be honest, just yeah. because a lot of people, I'm sure as well, will find it very overwhelming, and there isn't as much kind of face to face social activity, obviously, going on as there usually is. Even though we have, you know, we're lucky we have technology, we have Zoom and things like that, and mm. can kind of connect. But it's that actual being with a person and not feeling the same comparison of, you know, like I mean, it is you do compare yourself to other people, don't you? Oh. you do. kind of scroll through and look and think oh gosh wow like you know they're getting absolutely ripped and you know following this (laughs) workout I I read a really interesting article just um this morning about the sort of one-upmanship of lockdown and how and I've been guilty of it as well like yeah well you have a garden but I don't have a garden like you know so it's worse for me and just like everyone kind of assuming that their situation is the worst and it's like actually we're all just having a really yeah. difficult time like you don't win anything for having the worst time the only thing that I suppose kind of take away I mean I read somewhere once and I, I, I wish I can't for the life of me remember where it was but I, I wish that I could so I could credit it but it really kind of changed my perspective on the way I think about comparison and stuff but it's about I'm paraphrasing now but it was something like there's always somebody better off than you there's already always somebody worse off than you because this is like the circle of life or something like yeah. that because we we are cyclical in that way and you can't go around and one-up people or pressure no. people and because it's just not it's not healthy it's not realistic oh but yeah anyway <laughs> <laughs> I mean at least at least there is like lovely things coming out of it like obviously there's a lot of charity work going on and I mean you guys have the the Samaritans fundraising idea for the crime anthology and stuff as well which is just lovely how, how is it that we um can get access to that just for our listeners um uh, yeah so it's on to... Amazon um, and it's called Afraid of the Light, 
if you just search for that on Amazon, it should come up. There's 14 different authors. So if you search for any one of us, so I think if you put L Croft in to mm. the Amazon search, it should come up as well. Or if you follow me on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, I'm shouting about it there. So <laughs> all the links will be available, but it comes out on the 28th. Well, just last of all, Al, is there anything that you'd like to say? Would you like to send a message out to our listeners right now about the situation or about creativity? Yeah, I think kind of in the vein of what we've just been talking about in terms of comparison and productivity, I think a quote that I saw, and like you, I have no idea who I can actually attribute this to, so it plucked out of Pinterest or something. Um, (laughs) But I saw a, a quote once that said, your worth is not measured by your productivity, and that really resonated with me because I think... Yeah. You know, generally speaking, I can tend to think, well, if I'm doing more and achieving more, then I'm worth more. But even like now, more than ever, I think there's a pressure to be productive. And, you know, if you're a creative type, then you have to be more creative during this time. But I would just say it doesn't change your worth, whether you do anything or nothing during this time. And the most important thing is just coming out of it and being mentally healthy and physically healthy. And that's the most Mm. important thing. Oh, thank you so much, Al. It's been such a joy to speak to you today. It's been lovely to chat to you and thanks so much again for having me. Al Croft is the author of top 10 Kindle bestseller, The Guilty Wife, as well as two other psychological thrillers, The Other Sister and Like Mother, Like Daughter. When she's not writing, she works as a freelance social media specialist and blogs about travel, books and life in London. Elle co-hosts the true crime podcast Crime Girl Gang along with fellow crime writers Nikki McKay and Victoria Selman. Luke Dyer is an actor, singer and writer who just finished a foundation course at the Royal Birmingham Conservatoire. He spends his time in lockdown covering and writing songs and uploading them to YouTube. This is his song, Outside In. Hello and yo. 
You are listening to Amelia Glyden on Outside In. This is the part of the show where I'm going to talk to you about what I do to stay positive through these weeks of isolation. Welcome back, everyone. How are we in week six? I want everyone to take a moment to be proud of yourself and how far we've come. For me, it's not about how you get there because we're all on our own journeys. But it's knowing that we do have a joint end result. And I'm sure we will get there one day. Now, before I carry on, I do want to do a quick recap of what I've spoken about on this podcast these last few weeks. From the little acts like planning your day or week or giving your body a big noisy stretch in the morning, pushing away any negative thoughts, especially keeping your bed in the sleep-only zone, and of course, always dressing to impress yourself. (laughs) And then of course my favourite, checking in with your heart. Touch it, love it, and smile with it. I do have something new that you can add to your positivity plate this week. It's very simple. It's just spreading a little bit of love. It's so easy to think about, but this is the time to put it into action. We get so bogged down with this loud conversation we constantly got going on in our mind. However, taking that time to stop and shift that focus on someone else, quietens down whatever is going on within you. As always, before I give out any advice, I put it into practice myself first. So this week, I wrote love letters to all my closest friends. It was a simple, cheap action, but it made me feel so great. Letting myself feel that love for others but also knowing how it will brighten their day too. Now, everyone's got a different way of showing their love and spreading their love. So make sure you do it your unique way. Maybe it's going round your house and asking everyone if they would like a nice cup of tea. Maybe it's bigger than that. Maybe you want to start volunteering in your local community, making scrubs or doing what you can. But whatever it is, I promise you that after you've done that act or during, you will feel a whole lot better. And as always, the more you give back, the more love and opportunities you can expect back. If you do believe in star signs and the universe, we are in double tourists at the moment. So we're meant to be spreading the love. It's in the stars. So I say, take that first step. Give that time away and focus your mind on others. That's it for me this week. I hope that you have a little something to take away with you. Even if you're not ready to do it this week, have it in the back of your mind and know that it's always there. Negativity is just a mindset and we are all strong enough to change that. We can be positive throughout this craziness in this world. We're all going through it and we just need to support each other. I'll be back next week with more positive vibes. Peace out. That's just about all we've got time for this week, folks, on our Outside In Sunday session. Once again, we'd just like to say a huge thank you to all of our wonderful contributors and, of course, to our listeners who've tuned in today. 
Don't forget to tune in next week where we've got another fantastic lineup, including an interview with Red Ladder Theatre Company, some exciting new writing, and of course, some more positivity tips and tricks from our very own Amelia Glyden. Take care and see you next week. Outside.